Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast and the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. Today, I am speaking to Jill Healy Quintard and our podcast is supported by Fitness Registration for Fitness Professionals, The Fitness and Wellness Show in Sydney 2022 and Life Fitness Australia. Now, Jill is well known in the fitness industry and she comes with a wealth of knowledge. So I'm very excited to be speaking with Jill today, who is rebranding herself as Jill HQ. Is that not correct, Jill? Hi there, Mel. Yes, it is. Because my name is Jill Healy Quintard and I always thought that because that's Healy is my maiden name, Quintard is my married name. I always thought to myself, Jill HQ, headquarters, the buck stops here. Love and that's it. what I want. Love it, love it, love it. So welcome to the show, Jill. Yeah, hi. Fantastic. Now, Jill, let's go back to the very basics because we were talking offline and I loved the story of how you got into our industry. So let's start right now. Jill HQ, tell our audience all about you and how you got into the fitness industry. Well, I'm a very, very long-time fitness industry person before it was even called fitness industry. So back in the day, I had a baby in 1980 and I had been a dancer. I actually had danced um, since I was a child. So movement is my passion. Human movement, music, putting that together is my passion. So having a baby in 1980, I had just trained as a teacher Right, for teacher, for education department teacher. I had just trained as a teacher and I'd actually just started working, would you believe? Got married really young. In those days, people did. It's a bit different now. But anyway, so I um, then I found myself pregnant, which you weren't supposed to when you were teaching, and I was told that I would not be able to keep my job. Once she became pregnant, there was no maternity leave. Can you believe that? It's unbelievable to think that's how it was that, that 40 years ago. But anyway, it was. So anyway, I was six weeks into after having a baby going, oh, my God, I'm so bored. Um, <laughs> it was just, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm so used to being out and about and doing stuff and working with people and I'm a really good teacher. So I actually put him in a pram and I walked down to um, our local squash courts. Um, this is on the northern beaches of Sydney, by the way. And I said, went into the owner of the squash courts and I said, look, do you ever have classes here, like a teacher class of fitness or anything like that? And he said, no, but I want to. When can you start? And I said, oh, um, any time. I just work out a routine. And basically that's what I did. So what I did at the time, I had the little cassette player, music, put it together, went in and taught a class, which was just a few people. That class built up to being insane, that I had so many people that had to turn people away. And then I began teaching in a few different locations. And that little baby of mine just went everywhere. And he was, luckily, because of the squash courts I was in and other places, they had childminding. So that's how I started. And there was no training. Uh, My background, as I mentioned, was, was ballet. So I was still doing some dance at that time as well. So what did I wear? I wore my leotards. I wore my leg warmers. And I remember someone saying to me, do you know Jane Fonda's doing something like this? So I was doing it and Jane Fonda, and I think we were working on the same head mindset, but I didn't get quite as big <laughs> as Jane Fonda. But still, that's where I started. 
And that's and an I'm amazing story. Do you aerobic champion done all that sort of stuff? And it's it's quite an amazing story, and I I love it. I love how you turned up in your leg warmers because I can remember those. Actually, when I entered the fitness industry, leg warmers were starting to leave the industry. But uh, I always remember, I always remember my girlfriend's mothers and that yeah, racing off to aerobics. And can you remember when aerobics was just like running on the spot and and doing jacks and just jumping on those little square like jumping boards? See, I was already doing that, and it wasn't called aerobics. I was teaching what I was just teaching, and that's what I was doing. But it turned out Jane Fonda was as well. So and then I discovered that other people would, well, then people started following Jane Fonda. There was still no training, by the way. That's before training started. The first training was around 1985 that I remember. Gosh. And did you have to undertake that training to keep working? Well, what I just decided I would. So what I did, it was, look, if I, I wish I could think of his name, um, he was, a, he was a doctor actually and he, he you'd probably know him um let uh can't think of his name but he was doing training in narrabeen which is on the northern beach in sydney as well and it was the very first training that just started and i just went and did it and thought oh this is good and then they decided to bring insurance in other words it was um physical culture association that's what it was called the wow. Physical Culture Association, then they decided they'd better bring in some insurance because injuries were occurring. So this all happened mid-80s. And mid-80s to up to 90 was sort of, it started changing slightly, but the industry began to develop. And I really believe that's when it started. It was sort of around 85 that there became an industry as such. Well, I wish I had have joined the, the industry back in the 80s because it sounds like it was a lot of fun. But let, let's jump forward a whole like three decades or so. Now, Jill, let's talk about starting a business for the over 40 markets because you and I both know something that happened throughout COVID was it that, that people woke up and realised the importance of good health, that they had to stop talking about joining a gym, they had to stop talking about they wanted to be active and moving and healthy and people started to say, hey, I really do need to be healthy if if I'm going to give myself the best possible chance against chronic disease, chronic yep. illness, and of course, you yep. know, COVID. And a yep. lot of a lot of these people were in that plus forty age group. So I'm asking you because you have such a successful business with the with the over forty market. How does a trainer? In 2021, going into 2022, how does a trainer successfully successfully create and start a business for the over 40 market? Well, they also got to find their avatar exactly what they want. So if they want the over 40s, they need to be marketing to the over 40s. I mean, that's what. I mean, the thing is, we're so lucky now because we have social media. It's it's all out there, and everybody's putting it out there. But you need to be directing it exactly. So, as you know, if you want to find a certain type, you need to research where they are, what they're looking at, uh, which platform they're using, and target that platform in order to find the people you want. Now, I've quite interesting happening at the moment. I've actually on a, another platform with a lot of different women, and I'm getting new people out of that. So it's it's uh, and it's really only happened in the last week or so that I, I'm on this, but. Um, so the person that, so for instance, I mentioned my daughter doing her training. She actually will want to go to that market as well, and that's what I'm saying to her. You've got to, 
start honing in on what you want and who you need to come into your classes or whatever you're going to teach or you're directing it for a personal training or you're directing it for classes. So very much um, finding where your market is. I mean, that's, that's the main thing because you can put all the advertising out there in the world, but if you're not, um, you're not putting it in the right direction, nothing's going to happen. Does that help? <laughs> it does. It does. So, all right, Jill. So, I'm a new trainer and I've decided, right, I'm going to start up a business. I want everybody over 40 to come to my business. Um, Jill has said, you know, to set up a platform. So, let's. So, would you set up a Facebook page or would you go to Instagram? Yeah. You, um, from what I'm hearing, um, the 40 sort of uh, plus 40s are on Facebook. So then you need to find what groups they're in. Um, I actually said to my gynecologist, in you believe, I was saying something to him about the women that are heading into menopause. And he said to me, oh, you know where they all are? They're all looking at the bi-swap cell sites. And I went, really? He said, yes, that's where they are. And I know my wife is and all her friends. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting to find out where they might be. Now, if you've got women that are, and believe it or not these days, women as young as 37 are already going into menopausal symptoms so you're looking at that group that might be starting to do that that are looking for something to help them because they perhaps they've put on some weight that they don't like or their hormones are all up and down so it's there's a lot of groups a lot of groups out there on facebook um that, that um, touch on all of those subjects so i suppose this is where you're looking if you're over looking for this age group um what the interests are so that's where you find facebook instagram is really good as well because you can actually tag and you know um, hashtag and put in people's names or, or groups of where you might find people um also the old school way of um putting, sorry just got hearing the old school um uh putting up little leaflets and things like that of what you do um there's a mother's group here that do um mums and bubs right with child minding I've noticed more recently their sign is on the back of every single female toilet in uh, all the way along the beach, along here, northern beaches. Yeah. So yep. that's another way. I mean, the old school way of putting up a sign, um, putting, you know, leaflets in letterboxes and things like that. I, I agree with that. I mean, we still do radio ads here in Ballarat and we use both stations and each ad has a specific market and um, – the old-fashioned way does work. Let me ask you something, Jill. So I start up my first Facebook page and I want to hit that market. What sort of images should I be using to attract the over-40 market? Uh, I think joyful. It doesn't need to be a size, but at least some sort of looking happy, looking vibrant, um, having, having colour, an image of a... Uh, even I, I, I do a lot of writing and I write in a magazine which is um, focused at people, it's Northern Beaches magazine, but it's focused at, at probably this age group. And things are attractive like seeing um, a group of women together um, looking as though they're enjoying each other's company because that's a big part of this too is having community. And so that sort of image of, um, you know, like... like yeah, and, and it doesn't matter what size. I'm sort of looking at my images right now, but it doesn't matter what size people are. 
or where they're from or anything like that, what colour, I mean, all of that, what their sexual preference, etc. none of that matters. But having a look of, of people being in a community where they're accepted for who they are, I think that is really important. Um, I love that approach because, you know, what we need to move away from is every image that goes up on social media is a healthy and fit person who has already reached their goals. Yeah, yes, I agree. And I don't think that's how it should be either because there's all those people who go, oh, well, I can't go there. I don't look like that. I, I agree. Can I just ask you another question? So in your business, what type of, like, seminars and workshops do you run for your community and for your clients? Well, I do a lot of alternatives. So I've got uh, just next week actually uh, running a um, an interview. And Mel, I'm going to ask you about this too because I've got an interview you at some stage. But anyway, <laughs> another story. Um, I'm running um, different, different, completely different things. So uh, I don't know if you know what EFT is, um, emotional freedom tapping. Um, I'm running next week. Um, uh, sound bowl healing. So I do do a lot of alternative things. I get in people which I haven't recently, but I do it on Zoom. But when I get people into my little group in my my studio, um, things like well nutrition, but nutrition like gut health, uh, hormonal, um, generally balancing your body and your mind, and that's what I'm all about. So and all the alternatives like I mentioned, sound bowl healing. It's about relaxing. It's about bringing intentions into your mind about what you want, what you want to see, where you're going and all of that sort of thing. So I run a lot of that type of thing. And obviously if you're running it, there's a demand for it. Um, how do you feel that, you know, the women plus 40 market, do you feel a lot of them, and I mean this respectfully, are uneducated when it comes to their own body? Um, I think generally a lot of people are uneducated when it comes to their own body because they've been brought up, I'll have to throw this in, because they've been brought up to listen to what everybody says, you know, medically, whereas they don't look at, if you listen to your body, you will know, if you really tune into yourself, you can understand if, some, if you're not feeling good or something's not right. So I think the education around only going down one path of thinking of health isn't actually always thinking of well-being. So I do agree on that. But, look, I mean, I know around where I am, most people are very aware. In fact, this part of Sydney, believe it or not, I'm saying believe it or not, but you can believe, this part of Sydney has the lowest obesity rate, not that, not that I'm saying back to weight, but, but the, in health-wise, the, the lowest obesity rate in all of Australia and which is which is very interesting when I found that out. Um, so obviously people are very aware of how they look, I suppose, or how they feel. It is a very fit area. So different areas. I mean, we're talking to people. In, you're talking to people, I think, all over Australia, aren't you? Yep. So it depends where you are. It's it's um what what are actually where people with the education. Now I teach in schools. I uh, haven't as much in the last year because schools have been closed. But um, teaching in schools, I do a bigger thing about awareness of um, listening to your own body, thinking about what you should put into your body, um, how your gut is feeling. I do talk about all of this sort of thing. So um, 
and now I start, that's with, I'm talking teenage girls, mainly teenage girls I work with. And um, so it depends where you've been and what you've been doing because I really do believe around where I am, people are quite educated about their bodies and how they should feel and how they should um, look after themselves. It's really interesting uh, listening to you because I found throughout uh, COVID because like you, we ran a lot of online you know, classes and we had a closed group where our community came together and that's where they, they attended the classes as well as the platforms. And one conversation that consistently came up through, and it's been nearly two years, was, you know, gut health, wanting to eat, uh, women's, women going through the next stage of life, what was happening with their hormones, what food should they be eating, how many times a week should they be working out. And because that conversation was so out there so often, we then saw the men coming into the conversation were saying, you know, well, I'm in my mid-40s and I'm in my mid-50s and I want to improve my health and protect myself from prostate cancer. So, So I feel, Jill, that there's a massive opportunity out there in the over 40 market not just to be teaching people how to exercise but to also be educating them. Yes. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I'm glad you threw the men in there as well because the men sometimes feel left out because the conversation about hormones and all of that, and they're going through stuff too. Exactly yeah. going through hormonal. My husband always says that he knows that sometimes in the month he's, he's shaving, his face hurts more than others. And he always says to me, I'm going through premenstrual as well. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah. I mean, he's gone through now, he's gone through menopause now. But, no, he doesn't know that. But what I'm saying is he's gone through all that with me. But, yeah, yeah but the men, so I've got quite a few men that I work with as well um, because they start to get thick around the middle and they're not eating the right thing and they're not looking after their gut and they're having too much alcohol and all of that, which has been a big problem over COVID. It's been the huge increase in alcohol. And all of them, in fact, I just say every single woman um, and, and the men, say, oh, I've definitely drunk more alcohol since I've, since COVID happened. Have you come across that as well? Uh, I would have to say I haven't had a lot of women say that to me, probably because I haven't been in that depth conversation with them. But I've, cer- because, but I've certainly had a lot of women say I couldn't stop opening the fridge because I was working from home. Yeah, well, the walk, working from home is where the alcohol came yeah. into it as well. But, yeah, sitting, sitting down all day. Yep. Yeah, yeah go to the fridge, um, then then five o'clock have a drink. Um, that's another thing on the side that my daughter does um, because she's a musician and she lost all of her work and she um, has been delivering for a, a boutique bottle shop. And she said she can't believe the amount of alcohol some people are getting two and three cases a week every week. So wow. you know, we're talking we're talking expensive. But, yeah, so a lot of people are at home. Well, it's probably changing now because more people are going back to the office, but um, people at home. So there's been a change in culture in many ways and so many things have changed since COVID, of course. But, yeah, so the conversation, that's come up. As I say, it's come up for me. People have told me, my clients have said to me, oh, no, every day I'm drinking every day. I never used to. So, yeah, I've heard this one a lot. 
So as you heard, uh, Jill and I were talking about the different things there about setting up a business for over 40s, both male and female. You know, it's not just about the physical aspect and getting your clients moving. It's also about educating them as they move into the next decade and the next decade of their life. So let me ask you, Jill, um, in short, what advice do you give young women who strive to be a leader like you in the industry? I've given anyone that advice at this point. Um, I've talked to young women who are, who are now training who said, you know, they'd love to do what I do and all that sort of stuff. But um, I, I'm sorry, I actually don't think I've given anyone any particular advice. But on how to, how to get into the industry, you mean? Um, just, well, you're a leader. People stop and they listen to you. Yeah. Why do you think they do that? Oh, I don't know. I was told that I am a wise woman. There you <laughs> go. So there you go. Young young ladies out there, listen to the wise women well, in your life. <laughs> yeah, and I've been told that actually quite often. Um, it's, it's For some reason it's come out more often lately too. Um, yeah, so um, because of what I've done and the knowledge I have and, the, and, and I've, in fact, you know, touching wood, I suppose, I've never had any issue with people. I've never had anybody who's bad-mouthed me for what I do. In fact, I've had quite the opposite. So I suppose people see me as somebody who knows what to do on that level. Um, but advice to young people is to be passionate and have passion in what you do is, is the most important thing and to follow passion. That is, to me, one of the most important. If you don't do what your passion is, then it's going to look fake. So I really think you need to find which part of the industry is your passion Maybe it's more than one thing and maybe this is what I do and fuse it together and make it your own thing and be, and be very passionate and adore the people that you're going to work with because they're amazing. Your people are your, your life force, I suppose, because if you don't have, have people, you, you need to have people and a community and bring people together. I think that's so important. So I suppose that's my advice. Be passionate, follow your passion and make a community of people and like-minded people. You'll find the people who will be drawn to you if you follow your passion. That's great advice from Jill. So, Jill, our last question for the podcast today, what trends do you see emerging in 2022? Well, interesting, I wrote what trends were emerging in 2020 for a magazine and those trends are actually sort of slowed down a bit, but they're happening again now. Um, a lot of technology um, as in the, uh, you know, your, your smart gadgets uh, that you can take responsibility for yourself, which I find this is very interesting because I think during COVID, as you mentioned, people needed to realise that they need to actually take responsibility and get themselves fit because if they keep going to the fridge or whatever and, and, and all the rest they're not doing, it's no good for them. So so taking um, the technical, different technical um uh, aspect that you can have for fitness, which could be um, following other people's classes online or doing live streaming or could be having um, your you Apple Watch attached to you that tells you how many steps you've done today, etc., etc. All of that is coming up um, again and it's bigger and bigger and the, um, the apps um, that are exercise-based apps, movement apps, Fitness apps, mind body apps, all of those things um, will be, I'm sure, huge trends in 2022. But at the same time, the trend will be 
to be back in a community again because that's what people want. They want to be with a group and they want to feel their group around them. So I think there's going to be a mix of technical and realness together. A bit of the new and a bit of the old. Yeah, I think people really want that. People are very, I mean, people say that the thing they want more than anything is, is to cuddle people. <laughs> I believe <laughs> that. <laughs> so get your group together and, and make a community. And I think that does, that will be definitely a trend for 2022 unless we have the. Oh, the other stuff going on still, and it's it, you know lockdowns and things makes it very difficult. So if you can't have that, live streaming is amazing, and you can still have your community. And I do know that is still it's going to trend, it's going to keep going because you can have a mixture of all of it. Um, but definitely using technology, um, virtual virtual classes, uh, virtual gyms, virtual everything, all out there and then bring your community together in that way as well. I know that I have a community and that community is on my live streams every day and they all talk to each other. They'll call out to each other. So that's important. So using the technology that we have available, which is getting better all the time, and um, and, and also um, outdoor, actually, outdoor. Um, that's the one thing the government did say all through COVID they've been saying, Take your exercise outdoor for an hour a day, even if you're locked down. Right? So I do think the outdoor is a big trend. Absolutely love it. Now, Jill, you've got a lot happening over the next few months. Uh, you, as, as you said, you run online classes every day. You do education and you've got some really cool workshops coming up. So I know that our listeners will want to know more about that and they want to get in touch with you. So where is the best place for them to do that? Well, probably my website, which is um, bodyandbalance.com.au. Um, on there is, is all the details of the different things I've got happening. My email address is jill at bodyandbalance.com.au. My Facebook business page is Body and Balance. My personal business page has become a business page. My name is Jill Healy Quintard. And I do a lot of, um, I've got a global wellness uh, warriors page as well, uh, which is open for people to join and people can go on and actually ask to join. So global wellness warriors. Um, Jill Healy Quintard is my name. Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. And I'm happy to be messaged on Messenger, which is via Facebook, of course. And uh, that's it, I think. So have I missed any of them? Instagram, Twitter, I'm on Twitter as well as Jay Healy Quintard and every different platform I can be on, I think. <laughs> well, you know what, Jill? We are going to definitely be dropping all of those details in the bottom of our podcast so that our audience can get in touch with you. But Jill Healy Quintard is the lady that I spoke to today. Jill HQ, Jill Headquarters. You heard her at the beginning of the podcast say that. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to Jill today. And please do remember the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registration, Fitness and Wellness Show in Sydney, March 2022. I'm sure Jill will be there. And Live Fitness Australia. Thank you so much, Jill, for joining Thank me this afternoon. Thank you, Mel. Such a pleasure. And uh, talk to you again soon. You sure will. Thank you, everybody.